Hey peeps, this is Fernie, your resident psychic medium and spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. Brand strategist and business coach Christy Kiever is back to give us some more tips on how you can transition your business and career to new levels. Listen in as she helps wellness and prosperity coach Kendall Lejeune make this switch in the new year. Stick around and get past your personal blocks and transition career paths in 2020. Hello, hello. How are you? Great. How are you? I am so good. I'm so excited to chat with you. I, I am. I've been waiting for this for a while. So <laughs> good. I'm so glad. Okay. So we are going to start out and just kind of make a statement here that I don't know a lot about you. I don't know a lot about your business. So we're going to start from the very beginning. Just give me a quick kind of introduction as to who you are and what it is that you do. Sure. So my background, I have extensive uh, teaching experience. I was a full-time music teacher for, for quite some time. And I, on the side, I also did some real estate investment coaching. And so I did a lot of uh, live events, live classes, and I had uh, several one-on-one coaching clients from that, um, from that particular business model. And I, now I'm starting to transition into um, getting into online fitness coaching and so that space is is pretty new for me in regard to how I use Instagram and social media. And so now I'm just trying to uh, sort of pivot my business and focus more on fitness coaching as it relates to mindset and thought work um, in that regard. So what, what do you it. mean? What do you mean by that? Because that for some people they may not understand like mindset or thought work. Like what do you mean by that? Yeah, so I'm not focused on prime, on just the physical components of fitness. I'm also really focused and interested in helping people with, um, when I say thought work, I'm talking about goal setting, I'm talking about um, recognizing patterns, limiting beliefs, all of the things that the mind has, um, has created to get people to where they are, whether it's a, in a, a good place or whether it's in a place that they want to be uh, later. It's all about um, how the, the mind fitness connection works. And that can be, you know, that can be um, applied to any area of life. There's always a mindset uh, component to it. So. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So tell me with this transition, what would you say is the biggest struggle or obstacle that you're facing or that you're finding yourself trying to figure out? So, you know, having been a, having been a teacher and having had a lot of classroom experience, um, it was very easy for me to sort of curate my image and curate a brand. And we had to be so um, cognizant of that as teachers and now that I'm moving into the online space, it's really building out what what does my brand look like on the online space, um, and how how do I um, you know how does that come across in an authentic way? How can I be true to who I am? That way, I can really attract the ideal clients that I want to work with. So my my largest struggle is just how to show up um, in the online space in a way that serves 
who I am and will best uh, be in alignment with, with my client. Got it. Got it. So tell me a little bit about the clients that you do want to work with. So my, uh, my experience has always been that I really like to help people that, uh, you know, sort of my former self, who I used to be before I had the transformation and, and, and the growth that I have had in the fitness and mindset space. So the people that I'm looking to work with, um, I really gravitate towards millennials because I am a millennial. Uh, also, I know the the struggle that uh, millennials have, particularly in sort of trying to find uh, their own way or trying to find the, you know, how are you in alignment with a new way of doing things that um, that the old way has sort of kind of gone out the window and is no longer um, no longer serving us. Mm-hmm. So that's really been my. Uh, I'm really super passionate about helping uh, millennials in that way. Also, just because from a fitness standpoint, because I am a male, I understand the male body a bit more. And so um, I would say millennial males, just in two words, would be my ideal client. Okay. And what is it that they're looking to accomplish? So they're looking to accomplish getting some type of control over their fitness, uh, over what their physical body, uh, looks like, how they are showing up in the world. And, and just even more specifically to dig a little bit deeper is just to get up, just to get more control and confidence in who they are because of how they show up physically. Mm -hmm. For me, that was a major, um, a major motivation uh, to get into the fitness space. It really had nothing to do with wanting to be physically healthy or physically fit. It was just, I wanted some control over my body and how I showed up. And, you know, there's so many great fringe benefits and byproducts of, of, um, of getting control and, and affecting your body. But that was really the main piece of it was that psychological piece. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. So the connection between the thoughts, the confidence, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you're showing up, and then how it relates to how you're showing up as a brand to be able to attract the people that you really want to work with, right? For sure. What was that story for you or what was that? Maybe it was a defining moment or, you know, a a point in your life where you kind of were, had to draw a line or standing on that line to say, this is the spot where... I'm making a choice, right? Right, right. Because that choice also goes into why you're actually doing what you're doing, right? Absolutely. So share with me that moment. Sure. So I, you know, I've never been a very athletic person. Just, uh, you know, I'm well, looking at you now, I would disagree. <laughs> you just uh, see the rest of him. He's like, yeah, like his videos and pictures. Yeah. Bill. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I'm a band geek at heart. So not, not that band nerds can't be athletic, but that, you know, I've never really been like a really sports kind of person. Mm. And um, when I went to college, I uh, was terrified of the freshman 15. Every I heard all of this, you know, you're going to gain weight and all this other stuff. And so I said, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to look into all these different avenues. And of course, the the very first thing that I looked into were were diets. And that that was one thing that, you know, I kind of went down that path for a little bit. But I had a very good friend of mine. My very best friend was my college roommate. 
And he was really big into um, weightlifting. So he said, why don't you come with me to the gym? And of course, I was looking for anything to, to kind of keep the freshman 15 at bay. And so I started going to the gym and I hated it. I absolutely hated lifting weights. And, but I just kept going because I felt like I, at least I had some control. I was doing something right. And, uh, once I started to see a little bit of improvement in my body and started to see, wow, I feel better. But really, it was the whole, I, I look better. I look better in my clothes. I feel like I have a little bit more control over what I'm doing um, and how I look in comparison to the other people in my class that I was keeping up with on Facebook. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I, I feel like I'm going in the right direction. And, and incrementally, every single week, I saw more progress. And really, the where the true empowerment came from was when I saw how it manifested in every other area of my life. It, I, you know, I was so much more confident with, um, you know, with people, I was so much more confident in my own abilities to do anything and everything, whether that's schoolwork or going on auditions or whatever it was. I just, it was amazing how, how large of an impact this little, or this seemingly small part of my life, this fitness, going to the gym once a day for an hour, really had over all areas of my life. And so when I realized that, um, you know, I, I said, I have to share this with other people. I, that, that's always been sort of in the back of my mind of this is, this is a life hack that no one else really talks about is the fact that fitness can impact your finances and can impact your work and, and all other areas. So um, I'm not necessarily a, um, you know, I, I work out just because I love lifting weights. It's really, it goes so much deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing. People look at that first impression, the first thing that they see, the results that they see, and they kind of think, oh, I want that, right? But at the same time, they don't realize that in order to attain that, it does require a lifestyle change when you Absolutely. have to be committed to creating those new habits, right? Absolutely. So when it comes to the people that you ultimately want to be working with, how, at what point do they come to you? Do they come to you to say, I know that it's a journey. I know it's a process and I want that end result. I'm going to do it anyway. Or is it something where it's just, I want that and I don't know what it takes or, you know, kind of where are they in the process? I would say that they, they know that they want to make a change. They don't know necessarily what the change needs to be, um, and they may not even necessarily realize the full impact of what fitness can do in their life. They just know that they want some kind of control. So whether they feel like, um, you know, I have no control over my over my job because I'm I feel like I'm just stuck in a job and I'm going through the motions, or I have no control in um, over my finances. I'm kind of stuck in a in a salary. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what kind of way I can control um, something, some aspect in my life. I think that that's where I can do the have the, the greatest impact. Um, the reason I, I talk a lot about control is because I am a three on the Enneagram, if anybody knows what that is. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> I love You're special. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a Leo, so you know, worlds collide. Uh, so am I. Get out. Awesome. So you know the struggle. Yes, I do. I'm really a struggle. It's a <laughs> it's a privilege to be a Leo. But anyway, <laughs> agree. Um, I Fernando's just sip his tea, right? <laughs> so I, um, you know, one of the things that that kept me. Are, are kept fitness and, and the impact that fitness has on my life in the forefront of my mind is I noticed the pattern in my life that anytime something was going crazy, like if it, you know, um, if there was an illness in the family or, you know, I suffered uh, several very significant losses, um, family members passing, one of the things that I would immediately gravitate towards is when everything feels like it's out of control, I know that I can control this. I know that I can affect change in my body if I do X, Y, and Z and use these strategies. And it may not necessarily be about, oh God, I really want to make sure that my abs are popping right now. It's, it's really about, I just need to be able to prove to myself and empower myself that I have control even when everything is chaotic around me. And that sort of just branches out in all areas of my life and helps me to kind of get back to center, if that makes sense. You know, I, I, well, for me, like that in itself is a huge energy stabilizing tactic, what you just described, because I, I've, and this is why I keep pushing people to gravitate towards the things that they feel nostalgic about, or that brings them a sense of nostalgia, because Normally people are nostalgic about the things that they enjoyed or they got some sort of pleasure from growing up or in their lifetime. And so for me, even though life wasn't always super easy or super smooth, there were moments in my life where I did enjoy those experiences. Like I could be in my bedroom watching Star Trek on TV. My mom would be in the other room. I could hear all in the family playing in the background. And for me, even though mom was crazy and she was out of a mental institution and she was heavily drugged, that was one day where it was calm and there was peace and I was able to just be. And so in my life, there have been moments like that where they've been repetitive moments of everything's chill. This was working right now. This is okay. And so whenever I feel unstable or something feels like everything's gone to hell in a handbasket, I always tell people gravitate towards those nostalgic moments where you felt like everything was okay. And you were back in a place where, you know, mom was fine. She wasn't ill or my sister wasn't fighting with me or work. I didn't have to work for a living, like moments where you feel that way. Because when you gravitate to those moments and you can re-embody, reactivate the vibration that you had in those instances, it immediately begins to, because it's something you can, it's something you recognize, it's something you're familiar with, it's something that you can relate to. It automatically reignites those moments of stability in your life in that moment when you don't feel it. So you're grasping towards something you know has served you in the past in this way and you're reactivating the energy around it, even if it's, and that's why I do my Sunday mornings where I have the same kind of breakfast, big breakfast every morning with pancakes and eggs and whatever. And I will watch like, 80s cartoons or 80s commercials or 90s commercials because those were periods in my life where things were fine and I, I wasn't struggling. So what you just described there is exactly what I tell people that they should do when they feel like everything's a fucking mess. 
grab onto something that wasn't a mess at some point in your life that you got some peace or joy from and re-involve, reactivate it in your life in that moment to bring it to the present. I love that. Mm. I love that. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's such a a grounding technique is what it sounds Mm -hmm. like, right? Yeah. It's kind of when you're meditating, when you're thinking, kind of pulling it back in. Mm -hmm. But I would imagine for your clients then, Kendall, they're looking for that type of comfort. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Control, Mm -hmm. empowerment, and comfort. So let's talk a little bit about what you see, like what's your big vision? What, how do you see yourself wanting to work with people or, you know, make from this whole experience that you're creating? What kind of lifestyle do you want to like? What's that big picture vision that you have? What is it? What is it? (laughs) (laughs) So Fernando's making fun of me right now because we've talked about this a lot. I, I have a very, very large vision that um, that sometimes trips me up. And, and what okay. I mean by that is I my overall big vision is I would love to be a lifestyle brand. So sort of in the vein of Jay Shetty or Lewis Howes or Oprah, you know, we'll mm-hmm. go there with, with Queen O. Um, that's really what I would love to be doing. And... Um, the reason why that why that tripped me up so much is because I didn't know how to um, like where to focus my energy, and if I focused it on one thing like fitness, it made me feel like that um, I was getting rid of all the other stuff, and I don't I don't necessarily want to be a fitness guy because I have a much larger version or a much larger vision of of what I want to do. But um, listening to uh, your prior podcast, I realized fitness is going to be a tool in my brand belt, right? There you and go. <laughs> so that's, that's, that really helped me a great deal to take steps forward because, you know, I, I felt like if I'm nurturing one thing, then I, I am pigeon, I'm pigeonholing myself into that one area and I hate feeling boxed in. So I was very stagnant because of that. Um, but reframing it in terms of this is just a tool mm-hmm. has really helped me tremendously. So that's why I say, um, you know, sometimes that really large vision causes me to to feel tripped up because I, I don't feel like I'm necessarily serving it if I'm focusing on just one area. Yes. And I hear that a lot. So know and have, you know, be rest assured that you are not alone because a lot of people come to me saying the same things and feeling the same things and, you know, kind of letting anxiety take over for a little bit to mm-hmm. think like if I'm supposed, you know, because p- word on the street is you got to be focused and intentional on one thing. Right. And that is true. But your one thing can be your big picture vision. So long as you have a systematic format for executing all the different pieces and parts that come together as one. Right. I love that. So think of it so much better. Yay. (laughs) So think of it as like a chapter of a book, right? There's different chapters within any book and all of those chapters, when you put them together, make this beautiful masterpiece sometimes, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about reading a book that I learned within the last couple of years is that you books aren't necessarily designed to be read from start to finish mm. unless it's a novel or a story, right? So you can go in, dig into chapter three, and then go to seven, and then back to one, and then to two. Like whatever order you need to go in is the order that you can grab the information. That's fantastic. Mm. I love that. <laughs> so there's good news for all. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love that, you know, when it comes to creating a lifestyle brand, that one of the things that people don't realize or allow themselves to take into consideration is that you have the ability to showcase the different pieces and parts of you that make you you, that make you relatable, that allow people to see the type of work that you do and how you embody it within your lifestyle, right? Because ultimately, your clients, what we had talked about earlier, is they're looking for comfort. They're looking for that empowerment. They're looking for that control in their lives. Um, but they want to see it's not just that that they're looking for, but it's also how do I balance the other stuff that comes with it if I've never had that before? Absolutely. Right? <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, what I really love about that is the fact that, um, you know, when I was when I was working with my real estate education business, um, you know, the people that were there were there because they wanted to learn real estate education. So, you know, I got in front of the room, taught real estate education, had a few little anecdotes for my life. But for the most part, it, you know, we were not branching out in, in all kinds of other areas. Mm -hmm. um, so what I really, you know, that was one of the things that I really uh, fell in love with on in the online coaching space, as far as lifestyle brands go is that, um, you know, you could see all of these various areas of different people's lives that came together to show how you can have balance. And I just, I, I have been trying to figure out how do I do that and be authentic to myself because, you know, my real estate clients would freak out if they found out, like, you know, I performed in some of the the greatest stages in the country. They're like, what? You you did what? You know, that that doesn't fit in a real estate at all. But doesn't have to. Exactly. And that's that's the beautiful part. And that's what I want to learn. <laughs> okay. So. so then let me ask you these questions. Sure. Give me, tell me what are some of your passions? What are some of the different things that you love to do? I've heard you mention real estate. I've heard you mention stage. I want to know more about the stage piece, but we've we'll just put stage down here for now. Um, what other outlets? Well, you know, there's um fitness and lifestyle there. What other outlets or avenues? What are some of your other passions? So I did a lot of uh, student leadership work when I was a teacher. And I traveled the country and taught thousands of students in my career about um, systems and how to um, do sort of inner identification work and figure out exactly who you are as a person so you can be a much more effective leader. I love that type of thing, figuring out um, identity. I'm also going through, um, a, you know, digging deeper into my own identity uh, to make sure that I, that the things that I'm doing are more aligned. Uh, so that is, that's always been very fascinating to me. Um, I do, when I was a, a band teacher, specifically I was a band director, I really enjoyed designing marching band shows. Um, so that whole creativity outlet, that's a major creativity outlet for me. And I actually still do that piece 
where I specifically design marching band shows. Um, and it's pretty much like being a, a producer for a movie, but in live real time with, mm -hmm. you know, 300 musicians. So I love that piece. Um, another thing that I'm very passionate about is performance. So um, I talked to Fernando about this before, but I absolutely love any time I get to perform. And so the, the, the main common denominator that I've realized is that all of the positions that I've been in in my life where I've had the opportunity to perform, whether that be teaching, because that is totally a performance, mm -hmm. or speaking, or um, you know, coaching in, in some regard, Anytime, I, and of course I was, I'm a musician, so that's a performance, but anytime I get to perform, that's when I really feel most aligned. So trying to figure out how, how that piece fits into uh, the fitness space or how that fits into a lifestyle brand, um, that's also something that I'm very interested in learning about because I know that in order for me to feel um, fulfilled, that that performance piece has to be there. I'm also very interested in entrepreneurship mm -hmm. because of the freedom and the, uh, the creativity that is required to be an entrepreneur. Being able to sort of uh, be an architect of your own life is very, very important for me. I love to teach on that. I love, um, I love being able to help people figure out who they are, what they love to do, and then how to act on that. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I'm sure he yeah, got a, think, I'm sure he got a kick out of performing with Patty LaBelle when he performed with La Patty LaBelle. I so, stop it. <laughs> yes, he did. It, it, <laughs> she did have her background singers that time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, that was an amazing experience. Um, I performed with Patty LaBelle. I performed with um, I performed with the Pointer Sisters. I performed with um, James Galway. I performed with a, a lot of classical musicians, Joshua Bell, um, Sandy Patty. So it's it, amazing. Really cool. You, we could sit here all night and have yeah. stories, like share <laughs> stories, right? Could we not? This is amazing. I love it. Love so it. when I think about that big picture vision and what you're really looking to accomplish, which by the way, thank you for sharing all of that with me. You're amazing. Um, but when you think about that big picture vision and I mean, remember how I was telling you, think of it like a book with different chapters. I see you have six core chapters to you and all of those passions and all of those things that you just described. You want to know what they are? You want to know would, what I see? I would love it. Okay. So I see first and foremost, you have leadership and entrepreneurship because you like to lead. That's your stage for performing, whether you're speaking, you're teaching, you're coaching. Mm -hmm. um, that's your outlet, right? So leadership and entrepreneurship is number one. Um, number two is, um, actually that's performance. Number three is just being creative, creative outlets, creative, um, from the perspective of like being a conductor, being on the stage, you know, talking behind the scenes and sharing some of those amazing stories that people don't know, like that does not need to be a secret that needs to be shared. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and it makes you stand out like crazy because who, what other coach out there who does real estate, who <laughs> orchestrates these beautiful masterpieces and you know, it's, it, you definitely got such a niche in the market by just that standout factor period. Um, but that's one motivation and inspiration is kind of the underlying category to all of it because it has to be present in everything. 
you know, in order to teach or in order to speak or to coach, even you have to motivate and you have to inspire people to want to do things for themselves and actually be, you have to, there's a, a, a level of believing in them for them until they learn how to believe in themselves. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So motivation, inspiration goes across all different categories. Um, and then of course we've got the fitness category. So fitness, you know, we've got that. Um, we've got all the pieces and parts that go with it. And then we also have mindset. So mindset and thought, you know, your mind is powerful without your mind, if without that belief, you can't get to that level of courage and confidence that you need to empower yourself. Right. That's correct. So, so, so yeah, so those are the different chapters, if you will, to your story and so many different great stories inside, but all of them together kind of interweaving, as I explained, sometimes you start at chapter three and go to seven and then to one and then to two, mm-hmm. learning how to weave those together um, is what makes that beautiful story all together. So have you ever, okay, so then here's my question for you, Christy. So with people Mm -hmm. who maybe started off going in one direction, now I I know this personally, but just to get your answer on it, is it, does it happen often with the people that you've worked with where they started the process earlier on, or they started moving in a particular direction at some point in their life and then life happened and they kind of rerouted and then they had to work or they ended up coming back to that thing that they had rerouted Mm -hmm away from because of life circumstances. Oh yeah. I think it, I think it's part of everybody's journey. At some point we find ourselves off track or out in left field and we're thinking, Hey, how did I get here and how do I get back? Right. Um, and so, yeah, it, it happens. Um, but the thing to know is that bringing your other parts to your story and it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just you feeling vulnerable and comfortable enough at the same time to say, okay, I'm going to share it. And so when you're just getting started or you're not sure where to start, um, one, of, what, one of the things that I love to suggest is start adding more stories in the work that you are doing. Mm. So like when you're coaching somebody, <clears throat> say, you know, I actually have a great story to tell you about this because, you know, here's my experience. And that experience can come from being a band director or a band geek like you claimed mm. yourself to be or in any other category, but make it relatable to the situation that you're teaching or using to motivate and inspire somebody else in the moment, right? Um, Another thing that you can do is really start, like on Instagram, I know you use Instagram, um, is start bringing it into your stories more. Like show up on your Instagram stories or do some IGTVs and just share, you know, here's a coaching moment that I just had with a client and I want to share it with you and I want to tell you the story that I shared with them to help solidify the idea around it and then encourage those action steps because action steps for everybody can look a little bit different. Right. Right. So it's just, it's getting to, it's just being really uncomfortable in the very beginning to say, Oh, nobody knows that I've performed with Patty LaBelle, mm. but I've got to tell that story cause it's amazing. Um, and so you kind of just have to rip that bandaid off and start talking. But the more you do that, the more you'll find opportunities to weave in other pieces and parts from other 
uh, chapters of you, if you will, into the big picture story. And it's not like you have to name drop like, oh, hey, everybody, mm-hmm. I perform a Patti LaBelle. It's not like you're going just to name drop. You're using your experience with that situation to, because if you're anything like me, when I'm in, oh, Sorry. <laughs> when you're when you're I was like oh no the lights went out so uh lights went out in Georgia so um <laughs> when you uh, yeah I just saw a lot of uh designing women last night and we saw a Delta Burke special so Barbara Walters 90s anyways back to what I was saying so I <laughs> know yeah, uh, right um so when like for example if you're anything like me whenever I've gone to see anyone who is in a position that I either desire to be in the same place as, or just I respect, I usually do not just experience the performance. I study them. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. in that experience, you were studying her like nobody's business. And so from that, you gained some awareness and some insight that people who say they're going to be something don't really have on the level of Patti LaBelle, who is something she's been, Mm -hmm. been something for a long ass time. And how did you identify with those components or those key characteristics that link up to what you're teaching or what you're giving your audience? So it's using that name dropping and using someone who is somewhere that someone else would want to be as, as an example to get your message across as well. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. So what do you name drop? (laughs) <laughs> That's what you named. <laughs> Let me tell you about Oprah. So I met her at the subway. Like, who cares? Like, what did I get from that? Like, versus, yeah. so Oprah's been a big inspiration for me. And when I was 14, I had the opportunity to travel to New York City, blah, blah, blah. And then you go into the story of what it did for you and what you learned and gained and how it lines up to the messaging that you're branding, that your brand is pushing yes. out. Exactly. And that's the key to it right there. It's not about the name drop per se. That name drop is the introduction to the actual conversation, Mm -hmm. right? Like for me, like my go-to gal is Taylor Swift. She's amazing, brilliant marketing, brilliant branding. And there's so many things. I like to watch her concerts on Netflix and stuff on TV. I hate Taylor Swift. Because but But I respect her. But I respect what I get. I'm studying the business side of it. Same thing with the Kardashians. Like not a fan of the Kardashians, but I study Mm -hmm. the business minds behind it. Brilliant. But there's so many lessons that you can bring out from any of those situations. And I've never met either one of them, whereas you Mm. have had the opportunity to meet them. And so what did you learn Mm. from those experiences? Yeah. Right. And so another thing that would be directly applicable to this is I always teach my students when I'm coaching them or doing a class or et cetera. Um, is that you want to focus on your story. You are tell your story from the perspective of being a victor instead of being a victim. And so this applies here as well, because you don't want to name drop for the sake of name dropping, but you want to tell it from the position of, you know, this is what I learned. This is how I applied it. This is how I make decisions in my business or in my life. Um, What's that learning point or that teaching moment that you can take away and then use it to pass on to the next person, right? That's great. Even even the people like and, and, and Kendall and I were talking about this earlier, um, where even the people you don't like or the people you don't really care for, you still are st- like if you're a constant evolving person who is trying to grow and expand and expand, even the people that you don't like, even, you know, people who are well known, who you're like, I hate this person. But if you still pay attention to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they're there, you know, even if you don't like them, there's a reason why they got to that point or why they're able to do that because there's something going on there that you already may understand or are seeing in 
in physical form. You're seeing it being expressed and experienced in that way. So, which I, that's why, like, I don't care for Taylor Swift, but I totally respect her because mm-hmm. she is a badass bitch who knows what the hell she's doing. <laughs> so, you know, I get it. I totally get that. Yep. Same thing. I do the same thing with Jennifer Lopez. Not a fan, but <laughs> yes. totally admire yeah. the business. Yeah. I, so she's like, a hustler she'll never be Selena. She she'll gets never it done. be Selena. But, but <laughs> she has built an empire and she's been she very successful. She has done amazing. Yeah. yeah I totally admire yeah, that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So Kendall, so does that help to understand kind of how to bring some of these, you know, golden nuggets? You have so many amazing golden nuggets and then we haven't even scratched the surface, I'm sure. But how then, because going back to your original question is how do I show up with authenticity? How do I really stand out and kind of make a brand for myself when I'm not sure how to bring some of these other pieces and parts into the conversation? Have we been able to give you some clarity in regards to say, you know, here's how to fold things in. Here's how to start the introduction process. And here's a, an excellent place to just rip off that Band-Aid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Because there were some, you know, there were some sort of hidden lessons or deeper lessons that physical fitness sort of um, would would not address if you don't go a little bit deeper. And I was thinking, how am I going to, um, you know, how am I going to speak to those things using my life experience. I mean, Patty LaBelle has nothing to do with physical fitness. However, mm-hmm. I can link some of those things together in terms of what the message is going to be. So, um, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Good. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear some of these stories. So what's I'm excited to share them? So what's what's the first story you're going to share around your message within your brand, within the context of pulling in those different strategies, different tactics, yeah, chapters. chapters. Yes, thank you. What's the first thing you're going to put out there, and when? He likes to hold you accountable to action. I'm just saying. I like being held accountable. So that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Call me right, a spiritual so. dominatrix because that's pretty much what I am. So, like, what did you say? What did you say to me today? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, can you rephrase the question? Mm-hmm. No. So, what I want to know as someone who's just a bystander watching this all kind of happen. You know, Christy just pulled up in a big bus and she's got a bunch of passengers (laughs) and she's got one seat available and you're like, I can totally ride the bus. You just got on the bus and she's like, okay, but you're going to have to get off at the front of the school where you're going to be teaching your classes today. Okay, cool. So I want to know when you're getting off the bus, when you're going to teach the first lesson of your class, because the bus is headed only in that direction and it's already time and you kind of gone on three or four buses already and it's kind of getting, it's kind of getting there. So (laughs) when will you be releasing a a first lesson, which is going to tie in a experience you had that will pull in the different aspects of your brand? Tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow (laughs) on what? I am going to, um, actually I, I think I would like to, pull on one of my performance um, 
experiences, mm-hmm. <clears throat> just talking about um, probably excellence is is the first message that I'm going to talk about. Um, just what it means, like what does true excellence mean, mm. and what does it truly mean to be world class, and then how you can um, apply that to all areas of your life, and whether that's fitness, whether that's mindset, whether that's habits. You know, we're about to come on to. Um, first of the year, lots of New Year's resolutions. Yeah. So let's talk about what it means to actually be world-class and your expectations. Does that make sense? Yeah, but yeah. okay. So yes, however, so you're going to put out that message. What experience are you going to draw on that gives people an example of what you mean? Because for some people who just are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, did, did you hear, did you hear what he said? Cause I don't know what he said. People who are like that, who aren't going to hear you when you say, Hey, world-class excellence, some people that's going to go over their heads. What experience are you going to draw from that helps them to understand that message? You want the short story right now? Yeah. You want me yeah, to tell you? I want okay. a short story. Sure. So, so because we just talked about Patty LaBelle, I'll just use that, that example. So, um, the very first, uh, rehearsal that we had with her, which by the way, when, when, when we, when the orchestra would perform with uh, major stars like that, we really had it was a one and done kind of thing. It, you have one rehearsal; uh, those people are are on such a level of professionalism that that's really all they need. And it was really the rehearsal was for for the students more than it was for them. So um, I got to see Patti LaBelle in both rehearsal and performance. And she came out on stage at rehearsal, and we were all just, you know, so excited. We had been rehearsing for months and months and months. And this was the first time that we were going to be in the same room with Patti LaBelle. And she comes in, and she says, um, it, she's talking very, very softly, and she's like, you know, I'm on vocal rest because, you know, I, I, I've strained my voice, and I'm not really feeling very well, and we have the show tomorrow, so I'm just going to mark through this. And so for those of you who don't know what marking through means, it means that the music will play and she will just speak certain words mm-hmm. at certain musical cues. That way we know we're all together on the timing. So we're like, we're like, okay, that it, it kind of sucks because we wanted to hear Patty LaBelle sing, but that's all right. We're that's Patty LaBelle. So that's what she wants to do. That's what she's going to do. So we start going through this and she's kind of, you know, going through the words and marking and when we get to the chorus, and I'll never forget it, the song, the name of the song was called Way Up There, and it's about heaven, and it's about what God sees when he looks down at earth. And it is, I mean, you go to church on that song, right? And she, I mean, this whole time she had just kind of been marking and singing it, you know, lower than what she normally would. And she just, I mean, she brought us to church when we got to that section, and it was like, oh my God, like the clouds have opened and angels are singing right now. It was the most remarkable thing I've ever seen in my life. And then when she was finished, it was just, thank you guys very much. That was nice. And, and the thing that, that I really pulled away from that is when you are a professional, when you commit to doing something that is in alignment with, with who you are and what you do, and you feel so passionately about it, you will always show up in a major and significant way. I mean, she was supposed to be on vocal rest and she showed up like a professional and was not only just a professional, she was a world-class, I mean, literally you saw 
the hand of God on this woman whenever she was, mm-hmm. it was remarkable. And so that made me realize that when, when, you know, this was not just, she's, you know, she sometimes sings like she, this is what she does for a living. This is what she's known to do. And this is what she's passionate about. When you are passionate about something and you show up in that way and not just phone it in, but you really show up, A, you have no choice but to show up because it's who you are. You know, like you're, you kind of just crack open and your heart is just shown to everyone. That's the first thing. But the second thing is you're making a commitment to yourself to be able to hold yourself to a level of um, expectation, a level of excellence that it's got to be the best that I can give it. No matter how I feel that day, I may not feel like working out, I may not feel like going to the gym, but this is, I am committed to XYZ reasoning about why I am serious about my physical fitness. That's when you show up. And when you show up, whether it is, um, you know, whether you feel like it or don't feel like it, mm-hmm. you have no other option but to just be in it. Mm-hmm. So when you're really in it, I mean, that moment was more special than the concert, to be honest with you, because it was such an authentic moment of, I can't help myself. I have to, I have to be Patty LaBelle because that's, mm-hmm. that's who I am. Right. So when you do that, when you make a commitment to yourself, to do the things that that you're truly passionate about, then that's when you are most in alignment, and that's when you will. That's when you truly shine. I mean, I don't think. And and here's the thing about that that was so remarkable. It was the best moment I've ever seen live, and there were only four people in the entire audience because it was just a rehearsal. So the only people that really got to see that were the musicians in the orchestra and those four people. And the audience, but that moment still stuck out to me as the strongest, most just authentic moment where we got to see pure world class excellence because it was passion, right? Mm-hmm. So I try to think about that with everything that I do. Could I be Patty LaBelle in this moment, whether it's going to the gym, or whether it's conducting an ensemble, whether it's coaching or teaching? Um, you know, that's always sort of my barometer that if I don't feel like doing that, then something is misaligned. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's the slogan, Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle. Okay, cool. That's right. You've been LaBelle, right? (laughs) I've been (laughs) LaBelle. Where are you going to share this story or how, in what format are you going to tell it? I'll probably do Instagram live. I've never done an Instagram live before. I stick, I do stories a lot because I can carefully curate the stories Mm -hmm. and it's not live um, because I do have a a really strong perfectionist streak in me that I like to, you know, do it every, you know, make sure everything looks a certain way. Um, But I'll I'll do it on Instagram live. Mm. Okay. One of the things uh, when you're telling a story and you're doing it on stories, for example, you want to start out with the hook so that people understand why should I watch. Right? Got it. So even when you do your live, mention it a couple of different times, like this is what you're talking about. And these are the a couple of takeaways that you're sharing um, because it, stories are fantastic, but 
depending on the format or outlet that you're using to tell them, you might not hold people's attention long enough to get to the point. Got it. So you want to grab their attention with the point and then explain by showing a couple of examples and then reinforcing that point again. Fantastic. So like, Fantastic. like saying to everybody, like, so I want to tell you guys about how I met Patty LaBelle and she taught me something about world-class excellence and how, you know, and then dig into their direct opportunity to gain the same benefit from the story that you may have gotten from the experience itself. Right? Yes. Yeah, start with a question though. Mm. Do you want to know what world-class excellence really looks like? I have a story about Patty LaBelle I'm going to share with you. Ah, it's mm, beautiful. I like that. See, that's better. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> Okay. So uh, questions always <clears throat> grab people's attention because they're, they start to think, oh, well, what does that mean? Or, oh, that's interesting. And it stops them long enough to ask, uh, you know, to be curious and you want them to be curious. Love that. And don't yeah. forget to attach your, oh, if you can, if you're doing it live, but I think on live, like Instagram, you can save them, right? You can save your lives. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you can save them. That has right. to be immediately after you finish going okay. live. Um, and actually, I believe so. You have to save it right after you go live. Yeah. Um, download it, and then you can go ahead and publish it. Um, I know stories, you can go back and save them later. But on lives, I don't recall if you can do that later or if you can do it after the fact. So just mm. do it right away, and you can save it. But then, yeah, you can take that live and then upload it into IGTV. And repurpose it. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes, repurpose. Yep. Yes. But what, even with the live, though, aim to go maybe five to eight minutes if you can, ten at the most, because then people drop off. Sure. Yeah, it's that four or five minute, mm -hmm. like attention span where millennials. Since you are dealing with millennials, you're going to have yep. to emphasize to their minutes. habits. Yeah, because they <laughs> are they're in and out in three minutes. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so I do have a question. Okay. So one of the things that I struggle with is because I am, I guess, most actively looking to build the fitness component of my business, right? Mm -hmm. That particular story doesn't necessarily, I mean, do I need to create a, a fitness hook into it? Does that make sense? No, it doesn't always have to have a fitness hook or be directly related to fitness. Um, because remember, it's not just fitness. It's about transformation. It's about mindset. It's about, you know, just your thought process. And even from what you're teaching and the perspective that you teach it, somebody can learn so much from you and not be interested in fitness at all. Got it. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. The yeah. guy who's a vegan who like is super yeah. built and super hot. Like I follow him because he's a vegan, but it doesn't hurt that he's hot. I follow hell. him because he's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, mm. so he's talking about quads and scripts. <laughs> yeah. But see, and, but then, yeah. so if you do that and then you ask a question, you have that hook in there and you're talking about mindset and you're talking about habits and you're talking about being empowered. Um, and having confidence to go with it, then, you know, regardless of whether or not you're showing somebody how to do a fitness move, I still have the message that's there and it's still, I can still learn how to apply it to what I'm doing or I not doing that. in this case. Right. I love that. Yeah. I can tell I'm, I'm going to have to be super diligent about making sure that I do put 
tie some kind of fitness something into that because I could talk about this kind of stuff all day and not even utter a word about fitness <laughs> because I love it. I love it so much. Well, I think as long as you stick to one of those core categories, those chapters that we were talking about, that you'll be fine. It doesn't always have to have a fitness relation yeah. re- relational hook yeah. to it. It can just be a conversation about empowerment. Yeah. Because it's not, you're, you're not the fitness coach. You're the, yeah. you're the, the uh, wellness it's, and prosperity mindset yeah, coach. It's the embodiment you know, that's, of yeah. fitness and lifestyle and thought process and mindset and yeah, habits and all of that combined. Yeah. It's so much more than just fitness. Love that. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. And when you use that tool along with all the other tools in your tool belt, you can build a house. And there once you, you build your house, then it doesn't you can matter. You have us over for dinner. Yeah, you can have us <laughs> over for dinner. Yeah. Yay. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, no, good. So- I'm glad that this was helpful. Totally. It gives me so much more clarity. And not only clarity, but just, I, I don't know. I don't know if permission is the right word, but it, it feels like I have permission yeah. to like embrace all of of my experience and share that. So yep. thank you guys for, for reframing that for me. You're welcome. Thanks energetically for tuning in. To follow Prosperity Coach Kendall Lejeune or to know more about his work, just simply go to his website at www.kendall-lejeune.com. That's K-E-N-D-A-L-L-L-E-J-E-U-N-E. If you need some extra help with your business or brand and could use the expert advice, then follow Christy Kiever or take her program by going to www.christykiever.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-E. K-E-E-V-E-R.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to know more um, or would like to see more like it, don't forget to like, share, and review my show on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and check out my website at www.fernandamarone.com for additional content, articles, updates, and more. Till next time, kiddos, and I hope you have yourselves a namaste.